Today is Sunday, April 8th, and we are coming off a miserable, terrible, bizarre, and weird, actually bizarrely bad series versus the Baltimore Orioles. And we are going to recap, review, give some awards, and talk about it because this is the job we signed up for, Jake. Even though I don't want to do this at all, let's talk Yanks. Okay, just joking. Not going to do the full song. Can't do the full song on sad apps. It's a new rule. Wow, new rule. New rule. No, no full song on sad apps. I don't know if this is going to be sad. I think there's going to be a lot of other motions outside of sad. I'm sad. I don't really, I don't really get mad. I just get sad. I mean, I know that most normal people get mad. I just get sad. Sad doesn't seem the right. Like drained and like. I think you're, you and me are going to get a little ranty here because there's some angry talking points. Not mad they lost a baseball game, but mad about different things that occurred yeah. throughout. So if you want a quick recap of the games, and, and not that in-depth because everyone that listens to us watched the games. Game one, Tanaka had a good outing until the very end. He gave up one bad pitch, gave up a home run. Uh, they had a, a real nice pitcher's duel going with Kashner. Props to him. Uh, Judge hit a home run, and we took take the lead, and then Tanaka blew it after that. Then Chad Green had a really bad outing. We lost. Game two went 15 innings, 16 innings. It was brutal. It was terrible. Sonny Gray 14. had a good pitch. Four players got hurt during the game. We had a bizarre rundown. We had a blocking home plate. Holder blew it in the end. The rest of the pen did good. Game three, we had a really bad lineup, but we won 8-3, to three, and Sonny did good. D-Rob did good. Austin and Romine and Toe had good at-bats. And then game four, Sunday, had a worse lineup than game three. And I'm not talking about how they performed. I'm talking about the names on the lineup card because a lot of people were like, we won. What do you mean it was a bad lineup? I mean, there was only four regular established starting MLB players in it. That's what I mean by bad lineup. I know they gutted it out and won, and I'm rooting for them, and they're awesome. It's a bad lineup. Game four Sunday today was we had a five nothing lead. We listed their pitcher. It's a lot of fun. First inning. First inning. First inning. And then it just went extra innings again. Every break went our way and nothing happened. So, I mean, what do we want to talk about first, Jake? First, we'll tell you that affordablejerseys.com sells Yankees jerseys. Maybe you don't want to buy one this week because there's no player worth really applauding. Buy an old school one. That's what you do this week. You remember the yeah. good days. You go buy a Jeter, a Yogi, a Bernie, O'Neal, because they don't have the names on the back. So the numbers, you got to buy a guy who's got a number established. Go to affordablejerseys.com, buy a Yankees jersey. Got to get an old player. $99.99, no numbers on the back. They make the podcast run, and they sell like affordable, cheap jerseys that are authentic from a majestic manufacturer. So go buy that, and now let's get into the dog shit week that was. There was some good stuff. Like, a lot of our relievers did good, besides when you go extra innings, eventually someone's going to crack. Right. And our offense should have helped earlier than it did win those games because there was a lot of good performances in these in these, some of these games. What uh, What's a swinging bunt? What should we get into first? Injuries? I think all the injuries, yeah. Okay. So, little squibber here, swinging butt. Let's start out with in one game, we had four people removed for injuries. That's insane and scary. Boone got put yeah. through the ringer, and so did us fans and the Yankees. 
CC comes out first. Hip thing. Hip thing. Same with Jacoby. It's a new. It's, all, it's a new trend. You know, it's just a hip thing. They, they, CC said he feels fine. They put him on the ten d ten day DL. He thinks he's gonna miss one start. Yeah. We'll see. I guess. But I, but they were making it sound like he didn't really want to be DL'd. Like he could, he could start, but because the ten day DL, he would only miss the one start. That's why they DL'd him. Yes. Which I have more on that later, but. Well, why don't you just give it now? Because it has to do with the rest of the injuries, Big Daddy. Keep rolling. Okay, well, the next one we'll go to is Drury, which is truly bizarre. Came out of the game, said he had migraines and blurry vision, and he couldn't play like that, which is fine, man. It's Migraines are a son of a bitch. Blurry vision, you use your eyesight a lot in baseball, unless you're Chris Carter. Most players use their eyes all the time. The troubling thing is they have no idea what's causing the blurry vision and the migraines. And the even more troubling thing is he says it's been going on for six years and he's never told anyone. Oh, this is just the secret I've had for six years. I have these terrible blinding migraines. So sorry. Kind of like the movie Seabiscuit, Red Pollard, the jockey of Seabiscuit. He loses a race because the guy beats him on his left side and he didn't see him coming at all. So he was kind of went into a winning trot. And then the trainer and the owner are like, how did you miss him? How did you miss him? He's like, I'm blind. (laughs) He can't see. He's blind in one eye. Hey, man, maybe you should have told us that earlier. Yeah, kind of tough. Really weird. Really weird. It's really sad thinking like he's a rookie. He's going up the system. And he, he's so scared of what this could be that he doesn't want to tell anyone because he doesn't want to get like time, and now it hit its breaking point. There's a chance it's something terrible and bad. Jake, there's a chance he just needs glasses. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. My favorite migraines in sports is Terrell Davis, one of my favorite athletes of all time. And he used to get these terrible – I mean, football obviously a little different, but he would get these blinding migraines that coaches would get pissed off at him for years because it was old football coach Mentelli. Oh, you got a headache, huh? And it's like, no, dude. Like this is Terrell Davis would go blind. He his the most famous one is in the Super Bowl. He went in. He was having a migraine and he couldn't see. And Shanahan told him, "Hey, I just need you to go in there and stand because they need to respect the run." <laughs> so a blind Terrell Davis went into the game and just stood there at tailback on like a goal line play. And they did play action. Jesus. Yeah. Great sports story. Half scary. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. You just, you have to kind of shrug and be like, okay, nobody knew this secret for six years. So get better. See you when we see you. I'm hoping we got a, a wild thing. Rick Vaughn on our hands. Cause like before I got glasses, I was blurry eyed, squinting at everything. And then you get headaches cause your brain and your eyes are strained and doing too much. So there's a possibility that it's just this dude needs glasses, which is a crazy Disney movie situation. Right. Like Bad News Bears, like, oh, you just need glasses. Uh, yeah. But who, who knows? We haven't heard. Yeah. I'm coughing a lot, so I apologize for that. I'm getting yeah. sick again. Actually, I got sick when we were at spring training. I went a week, and then I went home for the funeral. And now I can't kick it because flying. And I'm going back for the 5K next weekend. I'm, I'm going to be sick forever. Nice. So, Drury, I hope Drury gets better. I was just feeling better from traveling back. And now these Yankees, the Yankees losses literally have me, like, hollow. I feel hollow. I After the game, I ate a couple pieces of chocolate and grabbed a beer. It's like yeah, middle-aged woman dealing, dealing with it. 
Go retail therapy. Go to affordablejerseys.com. <laughs> retail therapy. Tyler Wade, let's move on to him. He's got the flu. He, he started shaking. He was really sick. He's already feeling better, so it's kind of done with. That was a bit bizarre, though. So that was good news. The way he was walking kind of looked like it was his leg. Yeah. It was. That was another weird one. <laughs> and then Gary got cramps, which. Right. Have you. You didn't watch MTV The Challenge, but there was a scene, and I'm sure some of our listeners have seen it. There's a scene where they have to do the final mission, and they have to run, like, you know, so many miles as a partner. And this guy, Wes, who was an arrogant, cocky asshole, got cramped so bad, and the camera zoomed in on his calf, and it was like an alien trying to break through his skin. It's what I like to imagine happen- was happening to Gary underneath the pants. Just super, super bad cramp. Dude, I had, I've, I've got pretty nice calf muscles, as you well know. After like a week of drinking in the Outer Banks, my muscles just started locking up. And most of my friends that were there are PTs, physical therapists, and they were all terrified. <laughs> I was just trying to play through it. And it's, it was scary. But we think Gary's okay. Here's my thing. Jimmer for that because some, sometimes you get these one two day injuries whether it's flus or cramps after an extra inning game today it felt like the Yankees had a one man bench it felt like they didn't want to use Wade at all and they didn't want to use Gary at all well they didn't exactly but which, I mean that was known before the game right but with the ten day DL which we took advantage of with CC we're one hand behind our back with one bench player. And I know it's tough because you don't – they said this is the first time the Yankees had two 12-inning-plus games since 2001 or something like that. So you you don't plan for this, but you need more than a one-man bench, especially if you're giving Didi just a regularly scheduled rest day, essentially. Yeah. So they essentially put themselves into a no-man bench. So I don't know who to be mad at there. I, I don't know if it's Boone, the organization, or if it's just like, this is really awkward. We had two guys who were kind of nicked up and couldn't make a move, but that's tough. You're you're putting yourself in a bad situation. They, it's um like Didi getting rest today didn't make any sense to me, and I under yeah I understand it. Like they went through the 14 inning game and it was hell. Then they, then Didi played the very next day. I understand that he's probably so tired and so beat up. I was tired and beat up from just from watching. Yes, he had to play at home. But I feel like they needed to be like, well, let's look at the if let's look at the rest of the lineup. If every if they had regular guys everywhere else, then you can sit DD because he's tired. You have shit. Sorry, not shit. I don't, don't want to be mean to the role players and the call ups. We have role players and call ups everywhere else. We had a chance with Walker in to have five, the majority of our lineup be regular everyday starters, which we didn't have on Saturday. So Sunday we have the chance, but instead we sit DD. We have an off day the next day. Uh, so yeah. at that point, it's like you had a pre-scheduled off day for Didi in your brain, and you should have audibled once the extra innings happened and you saw the lineup and the injuries happened. And they didn't. It, and I I agree fully. And I think the thing that's even sillier is because – you know, what's supposed to be our strength is like a deep lineup where you're potentially seeing <laughs> before the season, we were talking about a Neil Walker or an Anduhar being our, our last hitter. And now Neil Walker hits cleanup today, but you can't even be mad at that. Cause today the bottom of the lineup did their job. Same thing with yesterday. Yeah. So I don't know, I guess end of the day, it's pretty awkward and you can't, there's no like firm finger to point. You can't be mad at the GM's office for not calling up another player somehow, whether it's sending down another used reliever or 
I don't they're, know. They're like you, running out of the 40 man. They don't have like I know. players. We talk about. I know. Let's go to Gappers. One one to Therese. Hits this ball well with the gap in left center field. Chris. Our Gappers will be the call ups and the so like Andujar, Jace Peterson, Andujar. Jace Peterson. How about this? Like think about our depth. Ellsbury is hurt. Hicks gets hurt. Ellsbury can't replace him because he's hurt. Clint can't replace because he's hurt. McKinney gets called up. He's hurt. That's that's four guys. And Jace Peterson is the fifth string outfielder out there. And he's not even an outfielder. He's played like 40 games at outfield in his career. And he said he's never played the outfield until he got to the majors. Every step of the way of his life, he was an infielder. Credit to Jace. He had like two good good enough games for like what yeah. like for what he is. Um, he had two good enough games. And that's just, I don't know, is that props to Cashman? Because that's a fifth string depth who now plugged in for two games and didn't do terrible. I mean, you can't, people are saying like, we don't have depth. Like, well, we do. We used it all. There's, yeah, you can't prepare for to have a stud fifth string outfielder. And you, you start talking about the 40 man when people do start coming back. I mean, probably going to be tough for Jace at some point, but he'll get bumped, we'll get, but hopefully he plays his, he, yeah. he plays well enough to another team. will pick him up. Yeah. And if, if he doesn't, the Yanks, Yanks will send him back to Scran. So if he'll, if he'll allow it. Andujar finally looked good. He went over 13 or over 12 in his first couple at bats. He was just looked like he doesn't know what a breaking ball is and swinging out of his shoes at fastballs. And I think the bottom of the order in Saturday's game kind of realized and Tyler Austin, Austin Romine and Andujar, like we got to work counts. <laughs> uh, Cause you know, like the, the young guys usually come up and they're like, I got to make my presence known. I got to right. swing. And they were doing that for a little. And then I don't know, like, Hey, the, the other guys aren't doing anything. So we have to, I mean, they, they did, they, they battled. And I think Andrew are at his best at bat this Sunday. And it was a walk. Cause it was the first Absolutely. time, first time he was taking curveballs that were close to the plate, fouling off pitches that he couldn't handle and just staying alive and then got the walk. He had his first hit Saturday. He had his first RBI Sunday. But I think that walk was the first professional at-bat he's had. Yeah, you saw the light bulb go off a little bit when he had that RBI single. And he just looked so much better at the plate, and he was reacting to the breaking ball. What, what you were mentioning about seeing pitches, I mean, Saturday's Saturday's game, Jace, Jace Peterson saw 28 pitches. Tyler Austin saw 20. Austin Romine saw 21. They all they, – I mean, Tyler Austin was our five hitter, by the way. But, um, I mean, five through nine, everyone had hits. Austin had two. Torres had three. Andujar, Jace, and Austin Romine each had one. And then today, Andujar saw 29 pitches. Jace Peterson saw 30 pitches. Romine saw 23. And again, everyone had hits again. Tyler Austin threw Torreya. So you kind of can't point the finger at the bottom of the lineup. The depth has kind of been doing their thing. Jay saw 30 pitches? Yeah, man. Think about that. That's like three innings worth. It was extra innings. Um, yeah. The big stinky cheese, Jake. Got some cheese, bud! Got some big stinky Giancarlo Stan, mm. right now at this point in time, is a human suckback. <laughs> I'm not talking about his past or his right. future. I'm talking about this series versus the Orioles, he went 
And you know what? Like, I'll just do this earlier. He's my motherfucker. Like, so sure, he, he's the gapper and the motherfucker for me this episode. He went two for 19 with eight Ks. He went 0 for 7 on Sunday with five Ks. Again, extra innings, so it's more chances. Couple platinum Breros. He looks so bad. So bad. Dude, he looks like A Rod that. That postseason when Abanya's pinch hit for A Rod, he looks like that bad. He looks like yeah. Judge when he was kind of hurt last year. He's giving away at bats. The breaking ball low it doesn't matter if it's inside, outside, or down the middle. If you just throw a breaking ball low, he's going to swing over it. It's like he's not even using his feet or his legs. He's just reaching and swinging. He looks like trash. I think he'll eventually get out of it because he's got the history and skill, and he's definitely probably going to get out of it for sure. But right now, all I can say. He looks so bad. They walked Judge to get to him. Think about the mindfuck he's kind of going through right now. He's NL MVP, Giancarlo Stan. He's finally coming to New York so he can win and be the hero. And now he's hearing booze. People are getting walked to get to him. Do you think that ever happened in Miami? No, not even to set up a double play or anything. That never happened. No stat or fact to follow it up, but I guarantee you. Because think about who's around him. Man, he's got to be spinning... He looks lost. I mean, he's pressing. He looks like all he wants to do, and his brain is saying, hit a home run, and that'll spark me. Just hit that home run, and that'll yeah. spark me. And then he's just swinging for a home run every time, every time. And the pitchers are like, oh, this dude's just swinging for a home run. That's pretty easy for us. We'll just go breaking ball low, and then a fastball away. He can't reach it because he stands so far away from the damn plate. It's, Can I uh, ask you something? Yeah. And I think this might be part of the big stinky cheese. Why was this series so miserable? Was it just the extra innings? Was it Giancarlo looking bad? Was it the injuries? Is it all of it? It's all Is of it. it. It just felt it's it's Blown it is leads. everything blowing leads like I guess the thing that's more frustrating is you can't point the finger at one thing, you can't say Boone made terrible decisions, you can't say the bottom of the lineup did that. The top of the lineup didn't do awful either. I mean, Judge drew walks, got some hits when Didi played this week. He was great. Gardner was solid. I mean, I don't know. I think it was just watching the Orioles relievers throw a baseball. <laughs> was Dude. just nightmarish. I hate Dick Blyer. I hate Dick Blyer. How about that? <laughs> wow. Did you see him yelling? Was it Blyer that was yelling at Yeah. Jace? I hated him before that, and that kind of cemented it. <laughs> we'll include Boone in the Big Stinky Cheese. Uh, has he been blowing things in your mind? Now, I, I cracked a little bit because it's still early. I think that he's put trust in too many people. He figured the the Saturday game that went 15 innings. I don't think Boone made a mistake. I think he played that right. He pulled the right Friday. punches. What's that? Friday's game. Friday's game. Yeah, that's a blend. I think he pulled the right punches. Did the bullpen good? He saved Holder till the end, and then Holder. I mean, he's not good. That's we need a long man. Like that's why I was trying to say like, we need a long man uh, because the way when we go into extra innings, we burn everyone. Yeah, and the thing that hurt us in extra inning, and that's where I, I was on a very similar page of you. Like, I wanted to be mad at Boone a little bit. Like, you talk about either pinch running Wade in some situations, maybe Gary here or there, whatever. The 15th, I think it was 14 innings. 14 inning game, being the home field normally works for your advantage in extra innings because you can throw your closer, you throw your closer in the ninth and you get last at bats. And then either way, you get last at bats, whatever. Here's some obvious stuff from Jake. But we got to the point that the Orioles never used their better relievers. 
So when they took the lead, they had their closer waiting. Where we ended up losing the game with Holder, like you mentioned. And then we had, um, I mean, Warren blew it today, which it was, uh, you dance around not wanting to say mean words because he's been good, but that's exactly why he, that that's exactly, that's exactly why he's Adam Warren. He, guys were just fouling off his decent pitches, just waiting for the mistake and they got him. Warren went Saturday. He did bad too. Well, actually, no, no, no. On paper, Warren did bad Saturday, but it was actually a ground ball that they shifted wrong. That was should have been an out, and then he made a really good like outside breaking ball that the dude just poked down the line. So yeah. D. Rob had to come in and do Houdini shit. But on paper, it looks like Warren had two bad outings. But Warren, he blew. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like the only thing I'll say about this series that Boone really made me question him was we're up by one run. It's the seventh inning, and you got Herman going for the third inning. Now, I understand he wants to save arms, but at one point, when are you going to say, we have an off day tomorrow, win the game? Because then he goes yeah. on to use Patances, D-Rob, and Chapman, who all pitched great. They all had really good innings. Even Chase and Shreve had a really good inning Sunday. So if all those guys were available, why are you, why are you stretching out Herman like this is a blowout? Just because Gumby did bad and had to come out early doesn't mean that it's a blowout slop game where you need a long man. Herman shouldn't have seen that seventh inning. Yeah, I'm I'm all right with that. And I I mean, yeah, he didn't even have when Herman was out there, I think he had Shreve getting ready as backup, like if he couldn't get out of the inning, which again, arguably not <laughs> not the guy you should have ready. But yeah, man, and just frustrating, you know, the CC game when C the Chris Davis home run, you know, CC had a one-two count. Chris Davis worked at full slash CC lost it to get full. And then he gave up the Homer Montgomery did the same thing with his uh, home run. He gave up today. I think it was an O2 hanger, something like that. That got him knocked out. Yep. It was um, an O2 pitch. And I mean, those, those are just mistakes you can't make and you'll end up losing games. And that's what happened. CC wasn't hitting his spots and he's usually pretty good at that. In these last couple yeah. of years, that, that O2 pitched or whatever it wasn't O2 to Davis was really bad. And I don't know, man. I it just feels like, you know, the Yankees thing in spring training was win the win the at bat, you know, win win each pitch, et cetera. It felt like they got that five nothing lead and they were just dead for six innings. Basically just waiting for the Orioles to roll over and die, and they never did. I mean, partial kudos to them. We did nothing off their we knocked out their starter with two outs in the first. And then they go so they go 11.1 innings to earn runs. So I know they're professionals and this doesn't matter, but it, you think that the same way we are like, man, this is not the team I was excited about when we read these lineups, you know, like this is not the Yankees that we plan for. That's got to be somewhat of the feeling in the dugout too. Like it's a hodgepodge group. Like if Hicks isn't around, Bird's not around, even Drury – and it's like they might they 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 probably don't feel like themselves. But that's that's kind of messed up because like the guys at the bottom of the order are doing their thing. I know I'm not, but I'm just saying like in yeah. like a cohesive like you said they just look dead. They look downtrodden. They look beaten. Yeah. That that game Friday there was no life, and there was no life in the stadium either. Which the crowd Saturday redeemed. They tried to start some rallies with chance. The crowd yeah. Friday 
sucked. Even before the game got miserable, they were a bad crowd. Um, okay. Do you want anything else we need to talk about before we get into awards? We can talk about know. some of those crazy plays. <laughs> like, sucked. yeah. How about that rundown double play? That was bizarre. Did you hear that? Yes, Network had, about... they had that guy call in from like his 18 wheeler oh, yeah. truck. That was a dream. And then he didn't even give it, like, he gave the most confusing answer. Yeah. 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 They uh, run down between third and home. So you're told when you're the runner in the rundown, drag it out as long as you can so the other runners can advance. So Giancarlo was doing that. It gets to the end. Gary's on third base. So Giancarlo's in a bad spot. So he kind of, he runs past the bag to the left a little bit. And the catcher who, the dude deserves some, what's his name? Corbin Joseph. Caleb. Had two, Caleb, Corbin. Who's Corbin Joseph? I like to meet him. But <laughs> he, he tags Gary, who's standing on the base, and then he runs over and tags Giancarlo. And I, was it ever confirmed by the MLB? But it sounded like the official ruling is that should have been a double play. Yeah, they confirmed I heard it. Our, our 18-wheeler guy, like you said, said, <laughs> said it should have been, and then he did come back on it a little. Um, but you know what? And this this is me feeding into Twitter a little too much. But man, he said Buck Showalter hammered that rule and play into his head during spring training. And you know, we we had our high IQ, low IQ jokes this weekend. But you you see something like that, and when you see the you know Buck Showalter firm baseball guy practicing stuff like that and then you think of the Aaron Boone fun loving California spring training I don't know that like when right now where we're at it's not a good look it's a good look for Buck I don't know if you can spin it to a bad look for Boone yet well if the catcher knows because Buck Showalter taught him then in theory Giancarlo should know that because Boone should have instructed that at camp you know Giancarlo should know not to do what he did because he played two seasons of Little League (laughs) let's not act like that's high baseball IQ to not run past third base into the outfield (laughs) who the fuck's ever done that a different strategy (laughs) that's bizarre yeah made a lot of outs on the base path judge stealing and getting thrown out was pretty stupid Didi tried to steal and get thrown out and be stupid um if your name's not Gardner don't do stupid shit on the base paths yeah yeah and then I mean we so extra innings this game or Bottom 12, you know, it seems like we've been punched in the mouth every day, every inning by the Orioles. We get the bases loaded, no outs. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton at bat. Judge taps one back to the pitcher for the, what was it, the one two five double play because the catcher, again, Joseph, throws the third to get the second out there. And, I mean, that was just – a, a please shoot me moment. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was brutal. And then Stan with the quick strikeout, like Giancarlo. Can't wait to. And root. you were just. I can't wait. You to were root just for praying you. for. A, and it's you. We're praying for Giancarlo Stan to hit a bloop single. It every Yankee fan when that double play happened thought the game was over, which was pathetic because Giancarlo Stanton was up, who's supposed to be our dude. I got a lot so, of people telling me he's not made out for the city. He's not going to be able to play well in New York. I don't think that's the case. I got a lot of people telling me, <laughs> this one makes me laugh, that it's the weather. Right. As if that's anything that could ever be an excuse for, like, oh, it's just, it's the weather. Oh, should we just bench him then till it clears up? Because we need him to play and it's cold out. 
and everyone else on the field is playing. I had a lot of those, Same Jake. Weather. It's the weather. Yeah. You know, once the weather heats up, he'll be fine. No, he's that's not like a situation that is an excuse or anything. Yeah. He just plays bad in the cold. Okay, well, mm-hmm. don't stop that. That's your yeah. job. It's cold out, and your job is to play good baseball. Train in the cold. Scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you about the season? Someone asked me this on Twitter. 1 being not at all, 10 being red flags. Yeah, you can go 0, too. That would be 0 would be not at all. 10 would be I don't think we're making the playoffs. I'll say I'll say 2. We, we got some injuries. I mean, you know, Boone is new. We, we haven't – you know, we've already got a lot of bullpen usage going. Giancarlo looks garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, you can, you know, I, Brandon Drury coming out and saying he gets terrible migraines and going blind. Like, even if that was the biggest thing coming from this week, you could, you could still put a concern out there. That guy's supposed to be one of our starting nine, and he can't see and he doesn't know why. So it's, it's okay to have concern. Your concern level, whoever you are out there, the Sox are playing okay baseball. They had a great comeback. They played play. it against two teams that are literally trying not to win. Yeah. I could see it. If, if you want to have a concern level of a five, I'll, I'll maybe give you that. Anything, no, I won't allow a five. I'd, I'd allow it, and I'd just say, no, stop. But anything above that, I'd be like, you're ridiculous. I said it too only just because of injuries. Now, yeah. if you think about how bad this season has started for us, bullpen blowups, managerial mistakes, injuries out the ass, uh, lost blown blown leads, we're five and five. Yeah, better than last year. And that's my my Jakey stat. I keep dropping is we we had a great April, we had a great September. The other three months in between, we played two games over five hundred. I think so. You, you just can't be overreactionary in this sport. It's such a long season. I, if we come out and sweep the Red Sox, it's all hail the Yankees. We're back on our title pursuit. Oh, yeah. So. For sure. All right, let's go into awards, which are brought to you by the Runyon 5K. It's a 5K walk run around Yankee Stadium. It's coming up. It's this next Sunday. It's a week from today. I will be there with my dad. And uh, some people, and we'll be talking Yang stuff, and then I'll probably be at the Miami games the next Monday and Tuesday. So more traveling for me to stay sick. But it's going to be a blast. I'm excited. If you're going, let me know. If you're not going yet, but you want to go, use code TALKINGYANKS, all lowercase, no space, to get some money, $5 off on your purchase of your ticket. All the money goes to a great cause, some sort of charity. And I don't, it's a charity. I was going to, I'll move on. Go do that. Awards, Jake. And the award goes to... We'll do Pride of the Yankees first. And the last episode was a two-game series that we won both games. So there was not a lot of game to talk about. And we won, so it was all happy. This is now a four-game series with two extra inning games. There's so much baseball to talk about. And there's not a lot to be happy about. Do you want to go first with your Pride of the Yankees? Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. I can. And I... I said this to you beforehand, and you looked at me like I was an idiot at first, but it was basically we lost four out of five games because we played eight extra innings this series, and it, it every inning was just painful. It literally felt like the pesky Orioles. I hated the way every reliever threw. Anyways, pride of the Yankees, and 
There's a good Jake chuckle. We're back, baby. My pride of the Yankees is who everyone expected it to be coming into the year. It's Jason Shreve, man. The we he went from a guy we talked about, like, are we gonna DFA him to make room in the bullpen to start the year? To now he's <laughs> a go-to arm for us in the bullpen right now. He had two innings on Friday's extra inning game. So he's he's pitched three extra inning innings, extra inning innings. And he hasn't given up a run. He's he had a couple base runners, but he threw it big ass when he had to. So I don't know. It's also a frustrating three losses in four games at home. So someone has to get my pride of the Yankees award. I'm going to give it to Chase and Shreve just because of the circumstance I mentioned. He um, He's looked reliable. and He's been a good major league baseball player, but another guy who was a Yankees afterthought who now has been thrown into the shit and he's, he's looked pretty good. So I'll, I'll give homie love. And I just want to make fun of him naturally, which is so rude. <laughs> he did get because, himself. He got himself into a jam and then got out of it nicely. That was, that was yeah. bases loaded. His stats on the year. Four innings pitched, zero earned runs, five Ks. Pretty good stats on the year. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that, Chasen. Earn, so. He earned his spot, unlike Holder. Right. I gave Holder 30% of the motherfucker last year, last uh, right. episode. I said Boone got 70% for trusting him in a close game. Right. I already gave my, oh, I got to do my pride first. Yeah. I struggled to come up with a pride because we were recording this right after the Sunday loss. And my pride, Jake, sure, is all the fans who watched every inning of that Baltimore series. Nice. Those are true Yankee fans. Didn't turn it off when it got shitty. Watched everything. Hoped something good would happen, even though all of us in the bottom of our gut knew nothing good was going to come. Because it was just a crappy, crappy shitty situation. So to all the fans, you guys are pride of the Yankees because the team didn't feel like winning it. So we win it. Go us and you guys. How about that? Yeah. And I already gave my motherfucker Giancarlo. Yeah, I could I could give a holder, but I'm not going to waste any more time on holder. Yeah, I I can't with holder either. I think um man cuz I been going through the box scores and watching the games and thinking about it like Giancarlo, obviously, huge MF. <laughs> the guys in the lineup did good for having our borderline triple A team for the bottom four spots in our lineup. They did really well. Minus Giancarlo, the top half of the lineup was really solid. That's why it was frustrating. Man, I'm I'm gonna put it on I'll throw an MF at Boone. Screw it. I I want to. And I just think here we mentioned the DD rest day situation, which I I agree with. If your team is down to this, DD's got to be out there, especially if he's if he's your pinch hitter, first guy coming in, ready to go. Just have him start the game. Our our lineup, God, we Gardner, Judge, Stanton, Neil Walker, Tyler Austin, just like that drop off is insane. And no offense, again, the guys at the bottom of the lineup did their part. But to have Didi in there and stretch out that lineup in a, a little more, you know, what if what if we open the game instead of five runs, we make it a six, seven, eight run game? You know, 
that changes everything. That takes you out of comeback level. So I don't know if it's necessarily at Boone. I don't know if it's necessarily at Cashman. But we essentially had a one-man bench coming in today, and the guy on our bench was our starting shortstop. And that's that's just unacceptable to a degree. So, MF. I hear you. It is hard for with the injuries. To, like, like Boone hasn't really been given a chance to manage normal. Yeah. The lineup. The, the bullpen he has. I don't like what he's doing with the bullpen. Like I like after the first series and the Rays series, I said you have to give it time to worry. I don't think he's pulling starters too early. I think like the second time around, that was much more normal. And I thought when he took them out was normal. Having Herman go three at some point, Boone has to find his guys. And you said this last week, I think, or last episode, or I think you just tweeted it. Some point, Boone has to find his guys and his and their slots. Or their usage, and it has to be routine. And when we're up, these guys go get the job done because they've earned the trust and they can do it. And when we're down, these guys get it, and hopefully they can hold us so we can come back. But this this process of giving everyone trust and faith to do it at any time needs to end. Like We need to put an end to the trial period of trust and go with the people who we want to go with. Yeah, and building on that a little bit because there's also been guys warming up at kind of weird times in the bullpen which that's just another more pitches on their arm also the the saturday game where we needed sunny to be good and he was thanks sunny yeah first 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 we've mentioned him man sunny they took him out after 86 pitches he got through the six and then warren came in and had that tough debut if you're why not? Why not have Sonny go and then just have Warren be ready? So because if you need to use Warren. So use him. So the situation there was, David Robertson was pitching to Manny Machado no matter what. Right. Who was the third batter of the inning? <clears throat> See, I don't love that. I really don't. I like that. Sonny was tiring, and and Machado has been killing us all season, and Robertson's got the nastiest pitch and the best numbers versus Machado. I I like that. But I would have used Sonny till that point. Then, then why even use Warren? Because they why didn't. Why even use Warren? I don't know. I don't know why. I, I exactly. Think, I think they thought maybe rather use Warren, who's there. I don't know. But I like that. But that's kind of what they were they were thinking. I think maybe the thought process there is, well, Sonny's only going to go two more batters, uh, so those let's not tax his start or make him leave on a bad note. Let's let it allow him to leave on a good note. And then give Warren a clean inning instead of bringing in another pitcher before Machado. I, maybe that's what they were thinking. I, I totally would have. I would have thrown Sonny out there to start that inning. Yeah, you, if if that's your mentality that no matter what Robertson's getting Machado, fine. But if I'm reading it right, the leadoff hitter that inning was Chance Cisco, the nine hitter, and then Mancini, who had who was solid, but still. Nine one two, like I I don't know. That's just especially when you're coming off a fourteen inning game. Why, why? So I I didn't feel good about my MF. Or now I now I'm kind of okay with it. All right, uh, awards, regular old awards. Regular wanna, old. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll I'll go first with literally the most vaunted award, haunted or vaunted. Haunted. And it's it's the I'm the best looking guy on the team. Will you guys? Finally respect my playing ability. And it's Ronald Torres, man. <laughs> He's, he casually goes, so let's see. He went on Saturday, he went three for four, two runs scored, yawn. 
And then today he went he went one for three. I mean, he's hitting – what's he hitting on the season now? 364? Am I reading that right? 357. I mean, yeah. He, hey, he almost poked one out. He almost went yard. But man, I know you and me have had some, some fun, light, lighthearted yet passionate discussions about what Ronald Torres can be in this league. Man, he's played all over the infield. He's played all over the field for us. He just slaps hits. He slapped one off the wall that could have been a yabo. I mean, this guy's a really good major league player at, and he's what, 24, 25? Been doing it in the bigs for a couple years now? I think he's 24, he's just, 25, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's handsome, and he's the kind of height that most girls are looking for. Well, to know on that, I will say this. My thoughts on Torres haven't changed. He's a one-skill guy. He's a contact hitter, and he's very good at being a contact hitter. But my thoughts on that skill set have changed because, hey, if you can do that, you should play. And Torres has really shown in these last two games, and it's such a small sample size because I still don't think he'd be a great everyday starter. But he's good, and I, and he does only have one. He doesn't bring much more to the table offensively than he can put the bat on the ball consistently. He just he reminds me of. I, you and me had our, our quote-unquote big argument was over comparing him to, you said Ramiro Pena, I dropped DJ LeMahieu, which I think both were a little too far off the deep end. But man, someone like major league players, Miguel Cairo, Placido Polanco, people like that, he is in that mold and he's going to be a major leaguer for a long time, half starting, half playing the rest of the infield as a utility guy. And he's just he's so solid, man. And especially the other thing that was extremely frustrating about this series was the runners on third with less than less than two outs were not pretty at that. Well, we did good. We did well until that bases loaded situation. We were batting yeah. five hundred on Sunday with runners in scoring yeah. position, which is very good. But everything before that, we failed at that for a while. Yeah, but you know, and that's some man. Ro, Roto has been solid, so. Given, given the homie love. Okay, my award. I was going to give Trace an award, but I'll, I'll change it now. But this award goes to the best closed stance on the Yankees. Ooh, love it. Because Austin Romine. You know, there's nice. some guys with huge pedigrees, you know, a lot of, making a lot of money with closed stances. Austin Romine says, nah, mm-hmm. check out my stance. It's closed as fuck. My left foot <laughs> is way in front of my right foot. And all I'm close, gonna <laughs> close AF, huh? yeah, close AF, and all I'm gonna do is come in to replace Gary, who's suffering some from bad cramps, and I'm gonna have four hits and four RBIs in two games, and I'm gonna get the job done. Besides with the winning, because I got a nice new close stance. Okay, yeah, he's. I mean, people are talking about a Yankees All Star catcher. He's the leader in the clubhouse right now. I'm hoping the three days off actually help Gary a lot because he needs it. Yeah, and you you know that would partially played into today's decisions, which is fine. That used to be kind of a staple hold of the old Yankees teams using their bullpen and all of that. But, yeah, my next award? Yep. Man, I got a couple guys I want to give it to. But you know what? Talking through this, I uh, I decided on a new guy to give the award to. All right, let's hear it. It's the anti- Swing yourself off the island award because we've talked about that famous quote a few times. And this guy's an American player, so it doesn't fully stand. But Jace Peterson, 
Jace Peterson came up, played a great left field for us. In the two games he played, he saw a combined 59 pitches. That's one away from 60. That's one away from 60, as they recorded in the books. <laughs> Man, it, <laughs> it, it was laughable, and this was part of what I was saying, because he had he came up in one big spot where he was against, I think it was our buddy Dick Blyer, and you were like, wow, we really don't have someone that could come in <laughs> and play for him. But man, Jay's played a pretty good left, pretty good left field. He saw a lot of pitches. He hit 333. I think it what was he two for he's three for nine. Man, he just he did his job out there, which again, like you you mentioned, he's a, what, our fifth fifth string left fielder at this point. Yep. And he uh he did a great job. So would you pick him up in fantasy? No. No, no, no. Guess what percent? He's owned in ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Point one. No, 0. 0.0. Ah, tough. Because his, <laughs> his stats the last two games, fantasy-wise, he, uh, he's got three hits. He's three for nine with zero runs, zero ar- home runs, zero RBIs, and zero stolen bases. And a walk. So, you know what? Back the hell off. You know, Jace kind of looks like a taller toe. I saw him in left field yeah. chasing on the ball, and I was like, is toe playing left? Oh, wait, that's Jace. Don't love Jace's look, and I think I kind of look like him. So, Have you been watching the game on a normal level or a higher level these days? I can't do the IQ talk, man. That was too much. There's a guy on Twitter who tweets at me after every play, just really <laughs> negative shit, and I finally responded. I've been I've been getting a little more responsy. Last year I was trying to be nice to everyone, Jake. Sometimes yeah. people just drive me crazy. And in the end, he told us that he watches the game on a higher level than most fans because he's got a really high IQ. Yeah, he doesn't look at the lineups or anything like that. He just watches it on a different level. So at every time there's a bad play, he go, "Oh, that's so low IQ." Like, <laughs> yeah, man, because the other team's not trying to beat us. So whatever. <laughs> Oh. All right. My next award goes to uh, uh, the, ooh, the uh-oh, Happy Learned How to Putt Award. Ooh. It goes to Dallin Batansis. Happy three, oh. three clean outings in a yeah. row. And on Sunday, he looked really good. Really, really good. Good. As, as, as Flaherty said in the booth, this is just a fastball that says, I don't think you can hit this, so. Here's a fastball. He threw right down the middle to our boy, Caleb Joseph, and he didn't hit it. What everyone's been telling him to do for <laughs> the past five years. Yeah, he, yeah. he looked really good. I know you and, you and me have been <laughs> tip, tiptoey around the awards this year. I think there's a couple other guys. We, we skimmed over Sonny Gray just because I kind of assumed he would get an award. We, we begged for a good start from Sonny Gray, and he gave it to us, which I think was huge for Yankee Nation. First two innings were great. Only like yeah, seven pitches. That was awesome. <laughs> Twelve pitches. You keep that going, Sonny. How about fielding ball? Like he had the first two innings, he had three balls come right back to him. That's like my wiffle ball dream. Yeah. You get to pitch and field all in one event. Yeah. That's so much fun. Yeah. Did did one good, and then he had that one bad throw, but. I don't. I feel like I'd, I'd have to always shout out my boy Tyler Austin. He's just he's been hitting pretty solidly against lefties. <laughs> the, the bottom of the lineup hasn't held us back at all, which I guess is part of the frustration. Like we've had these injuries, the replacements have been serviceable, and we're still 
it still just didn't happen, which I don't know. Tough. Bullpen blowing leads, like five nothing. Gumby did pretty bad. That was a really bad game by Gumby. He 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 bent but didn't broke for so long, getting those double play balls, and then finally broke. You know, you know, you don't want to get me started on that. So, well, he still escaped a lot of jams. Yeah, four point one four earned runs. Yeah, not a good game by Sonny by Gumby. At all. He didn't have his stuff. That's what. So yeah. last year he would have been pulled earlier because they didn't let him go. This year he's getting let go. And uh, they beat him. I guess Herman needs a shout out too because he showed electric stuff. I've heard you and I've heard other people mention him as a starter. I just see him as a bullpen guy. I think his his stuff is electric, but it's not starting pitcher six innings stuff. That's, Speaking that's, of wiffle ball, my he throws. Bit. Yeah, he throws like he's just slinging it out there playing wiffle ball. Yeah, no regard for his elbow, and it's like boom. Throw the 96. Couple good strikeouts, then the home run. So that's not good. Not good. All right. We have Jake. We'll, we'll end awards. We have a stadium stories. Remember, we said we were going to start sure. these? Sure. If you have any funny stories or you, or you run into any interesting situations, send them in so we can get some. Uh, we'll turn the podcast a little jovial, times of darkness, like the four game set against Baltimore we just played. This comes from Andrew Foreman. He said, my dad was in the bleachers at this Yankee game, and a guy kept throwing popcorn at the back of this one couple's head, and they asked if he could do, if they could stop, since that's pretty annoying to have popcorn thrown at you unprovoked. But he kept doing it, and so the dude getting popcorn thrown at him, who's, an, who's apparently an off-duty cop, turned around and pulled his gun on the guy and told him, get the fuck out of here, I don't want to see you again. The throw of the popcorn throwers got freaked out and ran away. So what are your thoughts on a gun being pulled? In the bleachers. I thought these were supposed to be happy stories. Wild. Anything <laughs> interesting. Yeah. No, that sounds like something that would happen in the bleachers. Like an off-duty cop? Definitely. How many times has that cop pulled his gun on someone? Yeah, a lot. But. Off-duty cop, pop, you can kind of get away with anything. If you're throwing. Yeah, of course. You just speed and then you also, oh, I'm a cop. Yeah. You just kill someone and then they're like, oh, I'm a cop. And then they help you cover it up. Yeah. Cops also do a lot of good stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Team cops. <laughs> Can't be throwing popcorn unprovoked at people. No, that's that's a no no. That's that's almost an instant fight. Yes. All right. This other one is about throwing stuff at fans. Guy in the upper deck just wants to get the wave started. I think. All right. Let me. He's trying to hype up the crowd and like, come on, everyone now, let's go Yankees, let's go Yankees, and get the whole crowd going. But he kept trying to be funny and stuff, and people were booing him. And then one person threw a fry at him, and then the entire section just started pegging him with food and garbage. And then someone threw a full soda at him. And We like that till the soda. Till the soda. shown in your voice. Yeah. Then the soda ruins it. Yeah. How do you feel about the guy who who starts the wave and the guy who starts the chance at the stadium? No. (laughs) It's tough because the guy who starts the chant, sometimes that's awesome. A good chance starting guy. But no make part of what makes a good chance starting guy is like the unexpectedness of it. Like some yeah. some old guy stands up like five rows in front of you and just like rips a let's go Yankees, you're like, Hell yeah. I agree. If I'm cheering guy, for them too. If that guy's ready to rip it, I too am ready to rip it. What about a guy starts the wave? I mean, if he was doing it with like his his kids or something like when's it ever acceptable for an adult to start the wave never yeah 
That's what I was thinking. Um, okay, what about this question? What about who is more annoying? People that do the waves at Yankee games or people that tweet out how much they hate that the wave is happening at games? Ooh. See, I'm a low-key supporter of the wave. It's fun. Nobody gets hurt. When it when it's executed, it's beautiful. It's so mesmerizing. So my stance is I'm perfectly in the middle as like kind of like annoyingly in the middle. I'll never participate in the wave ever. Like that's just out of like straight apathy and laziness, like stand up and then sit down again. And thank you. Only if I'm leaving to go to food or a bathroom, but watching it is some fun shit. If you're sitting there and you don't, and you're at the stadium and you're saying that it doesn't look cool, you're just lying. Yeah. It's mesmerizing and beautiful. I'm the guy. Cause you know, you never want the wave to be started in your area. But if, if no. someone's really pushing to get it going and it's you know, like you see it starting, I'll, I'll do the sitting and just like, you know, when, yeah, it, when it comes by, like you stretch out your shirt sleeve, like, oh, just. Yeah, I wasn't participating in the wave. I was just stretching. Oh, the wave went by. Okay, cool. <laughs> the people that complain about the wave are 10 times worse than the people enjoying the wave. And it's kind of just like in a life, a life thing in general. If you're someone that participates in the wave, you're a happy person. If you're someone that complains about the wave, you're a negative person. You That's can, about as easy as it gets. You can complain if there's the person futilely trying to start the wave in your area. And if it's like a really close game. Taking. Tie game and the end oh, of the yeah. game, the close game. But other than that, okay. Socks? Um, what do you want to talk? Do we have socks? Yeah. So we're going to play the Red Sox. Coming off great series. The Sox, like we said, have played two teams that are actively trying to tank. They have like an eight and one record, I think, which is pretty good. They're rolling. Xander Bogarts got hurt. They just uh, uh, they were down down five in the eighth inning, and they scored sixth to come back against the Rays and win today. Six. Yeah, so that's good. And uh, they got – it's it, the pitching matchups are really good. Yeah, right. Severino versus Sale, that's awesome. Then Tanaka versus Price, that's a good matchup. And then they're throwing Porcello, and I think we're probably going to be throwing Sonny Gray since CeCe's missing his start. You think they're going to push up Sonny? I know it's regular rest, but <laughs> – Yeah, it's, re- it's regular rest. Yeah, I think they're going to push him. I mean, would you be upset if they didn't and they started Herman or Sessa? I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think they have to start Sunny. Seems like an unnecessary move, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sale, five starts against the Yankees last year, 0-3 record. That's good, but that's only because our pitchers also had really good games. He shut us down, 2.65 ERA. The last game of the season, we put him on the list. Our guys who do good against him aren't on the team anymore. Um, Like Headley, faced Sale really well. Tyler Austin. Ellsbury, uh, Tyler, Tyler Austin's one for three with a home run and a really hard hit out to like deep center. I think he might have been robbed or something like that. Judge has a home run that's been robbed off sale as well, I think. Maybe not. Judge is 0 for 12 with 10 Ks. Not good. Which is really not good. So be on the lookout for that. Sale crushes us. I don't have their stats for Seve or their stats versus us. So we'll go to Price. We have some good numbers off Price because he's Price has either lights us out, but we've we've knocked Price around a good amount in the Yankees history. As for this lineup, Gary is five for eleven off David Price with four home runs. That's good. That's good. Didi is twelve for twenty-seven. Four forty-four average. 
Romine is 6 for 14, 429 average, but I don't see Romine and Gary in the same game. And then Tyler Austin also 1 for 3 with a homer off David Price. Um. Last year, David Price had two starts against us. Five innings pitch, six earned runs, eight innings pitch, zero earned runs. So one bad, one good. And Hicksy's coming back, right? we got to mention that. Yes, but maybe the last game, maybe Porcello, maybe the Price game. Is he coming back for sale? I don't know. I thought he was. That's the way they were making it sound. They said in the middle of the week, so I don't know if Tuesday counts. I guess it does. I don't know. Nothing's positive on that. Um, and let's see. You're looking it up? Yeah. When he's first available early next week. Like, those aren't days. That's not. That's what I'm saying. It's really vague. Because he's got to do his rehab start still. I think they're just looking at it, like, in literal days when he can come back. He said Yanks Aaron Hicks targets Tuesday for return. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And, um, all right, game three, Purcello. Didi and Gary, Didi and Gardy, both lefties, have two home runs off of him. Judge has a homer off him. Last year he pitched four games against us. All four of them, well, four, six innings pitch, six innings pitch, six innings pitch, six and one third. Two earned runs, five earned runs, one earned run, one earned run. So he's had some pretty good starts against us. Gardner has the best stats against him, 14 for 46, 304 average. So be on the lookout for Gardner having a Gardner. Fucking. Can't oh. talk. Can't talk. You're right, Big Daddy. I'm sick and tired of being <laughs> sick and tired. <laughs> I uh well c- catch your breath for a minute, because I, I have some uh those uh my last five year stats from MLB.com. So for Severino, that's everyone. But Ben and Tandy hit Sevy well, four twenty nine and fourteen at bats, two homers. And if you're just listening to the podcast this year, Jake says Ben and Tandy, and he won't change. Oh, yeah. Screw it. Moreland has decent numbers. J.D. Martinez is two for three and three at bats. Nunez is bad. Hanram's bad. Jack- Jackie Bradley Jr. is bad. So, Sevy with Sevy with the numbers you'd expect. The current Sox team, I looked up their stats. Bogerts had been playing really well, um, so him, him being out helps us. I'm not saying that in a rude way. That's just a fact. Uh, Mookie's been playing well for them, 364. Hanram's in through 324. Devers is hitting 323. I would say the the big things of note for them are that Ben Benintendi, nice, is hitting 161. I can't say it. I just don't, I like it. I like it if it's more Italian. Jackie Bradley Jr. is hitting 115. So I don't know after after what Machado did did against us. I just can't have Benintendi break out for his season against us. That'll just hurt my heart a little bit. And let's see what else. Number-wise, Boston hitters against Tanaka, who's going against Price. Ah, Tanaka Wednesday, so close. J.D. Martinez has monster numbers against Tanaka. How many times has he faced him? I, he's five for nine with two homers, so that that's pretty big. Otherwise, Tanaka is pretty good against the whole crowd. Yeah, Hanram is hitting 224 at-bats. Jackie Bradley, 143 and 28. Bogert's 219. Mookie, 233. So pretty good matchup for Tanaka. Maybe watch out for him pitching around J.D. Martinez when he can, although that should kind of be a normal thing. Yeah, I uh, God, I, I, it would be tough to watch Benny have a series like Machado just had against us. That, that, was, 
that was hurt tough. All right. Well, that's it. That's the end of this episode. And uh, it's a bummer of a series. I hope it wasn't that much of a bummer of an episode. It's just so hard to be like lifted and energetic when you're so drained. Like you said, yeah. draining is the best word. It's, the games are draining. Well, a generic, generic sports line, you know, Hey, great, great time to run into an off day. Yes, that is. And my voice is shot because I do the, I go live on Periscope and right. the way I've been doing it is like big moments or whenever I feel like just talking to people and extra innings. So the last, it, I, I went live for two plus hours straight Yeah. on Friday, just talking to people. I love it, man. I, I really like interacting with people while, during the game. And then uh, Sunday I went live for, I think over an hour again. Yeah. I like calling out the dumb comments because I feel totally fine calling out dumb comments. One guy just typed in, they need to send Stan back to AAA. So I let him know, hey, either one, you're just trolling, which makes you the least creative, least sense of humor type of person that exists, or B, you think sending him to AAA is a possibility, which just makes you super dumb. Or new to baseball, Jim. <laughs> it's not not scare away the new fans <laughs> well no man you're super dumb like, <laughs> even if you're new to baseball you should know to like look something up or understand the sport a little before throwing you, out such comments if you comments. know what triple a is you should know that yeah yeah so on periscope i i'm I'll, it's the only time i'll like bash you're rude you're people. savage that's what the kids I, say about you you're savage <laughs> no i i love it though like people just say dumb shit i went off about the booing of stanton because they were like, one kid said, I think it's okay if the fans are just mad, but be mad silently and not boo. Like, okay, dude, good good stipulations there. Yeah, just the whole like st- stadium Silent. stomping their feet and like stewing and like, I wish I, could, I wish I could let people know how I felt right now. Yeah. How's the way to do it? Oh, I can't boo though. I can only get really mad silently. Oh, El Gary's El Gary? Yeah. You could be El Gray. Because I have gray hair? Or yeah. would people think I'm Sonny Gray? That's the other part. Well, because I'm short. Gary hasn't caught Sonny yet. Yeah, but he will. That's just normal. Could become a thing. It was, I mean, if, if Romine was going to be a personal catcher, it'd be for Gumby, like he was last year. Could be a thing. Couldn't. We're not going to do that. Okay. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, if, you, if, you, if you like the Periscopes, the tweets, the podcast, the website, the Instagram, if you like it all and you enjoy it, help support by buying a shirt, TalkingYanks.com, then click Merch. Also, thanks for listening. Hopefully, Red Sox series is better. If you can't buy a shirt, tell, tell some friends to listen and stuff. How about that? Yeah, that works. That works. Maybe you don't like shirts. Jake doesn't like shirts. Someone oh, asked I hate on, shirts. Someone asked me that on Periscope. They're like, does Jake never wear shirts? And I was like, oh, he actually hates shirts. He only wears like long sleeves or a tank top or no shirt. Usually no shirt. I threw this on for the episode. Otherwise, I would it would have been a shirtless Sunday for me. When you messaged me that and said, I need to put a shirt on, I laughed because I just got done explaining on Periscope that you hate shirts. Not a shirt guy. Thanks, guys. Bye. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.